like I feel like I'm so loud and my guest is like just like off in the distance (laughs) and I've already been told I'm loud my whole life so I'm like this is not doing anything for my self-esteem I don't like it no I think I think it's cool I'm the same way people have told me I'm loud because I am extremely loud yeah um my whole life and I used to hate it like it used to make me feel uncomfortable because I guess I used to think like, okay, well, then am I not supposed to be loud, you know, inside? But I just got to the point where now I know, like, you know, you trust your voice. You have a very powerful, commanding voice. That is a beautiful thing. That's what I have. I had to grow into. Um, yeah. And, like, and realize those, a lot of those, like, stereotypical things that they say about young black girls. Like, they said all the things, those things about me. And so it, like, gave me kind of a complex and when I say they I mean like the outside world but also my my inside world like you know the people closest to me said the same things because those are what they heard you know growing up and so it always made me like you said super self-conscious about like oh you're loud oh you're upset so you're gonna be the angry black girl or whatever yeah but now that I'm a little bit older no well older um I'm like well fuck them I don't care yes I'm loud and I love it it is who I am, and that's all there is to it. Right. You don't like it? Put some plugs in your ear. <laughs> Keep it moving. Yes. You know? Yes. Why are you pressing me for it? I'm just out here. You don't know me. What's up? What's up, my highness queens? We are back with another episode of Bluntly Black Girls. And I've missed you guys. Have you missed me? I hope you've missed me. But um, we're here. We're back. We're in April. It's almost 420. So I was like, of course, I need to release some episodes. Matter of fact, uh, you will get this episode this week, which is amazing. It's with my name twin, Jasmine Nicole. Um, But you will also get another episode next week. Look at that. Two weeks in a row. Just because it's 420. Because, I mean, it's, it's literally our holiday, guys. So here we are. This week, we talk about cannabis education, intentional cannabis consumption, how our parents found out we smoked, and why is the English language so difficult? Like, it, it really doesn't have to be. It, it it really doesn't, but it is. Um, so, yeah, we get into all that shit. We smoke a few joints, a couple of uh, bowls, and get high and talk. And it's a good time. So, roll up, grab your bong, uh, grab your pen, whatever consumption method. Grab your brownies if you want an edible whatever consumption method you prefer, and uh, get high with us. So let me introduce who came to smoke with me today. Um, It is somebody who I found on Instagram through actually another podcast. And I was like, oh my God, she is amazing. And her name is Jasmine Nicole, and my name is Jasmine Nicole, so I have to send her a message. Um, so it is Cannabis Sensei, Highness Queen, Jasmine. Um, and she is actually, a, she is located in the Bay with me, and but from L.A. So even more reason, a native Californian, so even more reason for me to hit her up and be like, yo... We need to do an episode together and just smoke and get high and talk about, you know, some shit and cannabis. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, let me let her and in- finish introducing herself. Go ahead and take it away. 
Hey everybody, I'm Jasmine. Uh, I do a couple of things. So I am the founder of The Conscious Canisteur, which is dedicated to empowering the people by continuing to educate them about cannabis, the industry at large, and the political and social aspects of Mary Jane. Uh, I currently manage a dispensary in San Jose, and my relationship with cannabis goes all the way back to my college days, which is about 12 years. Um, it's, you know, a, an amazing part of my life. It's healed me and it's allowed me to really make some amazing friends and uh, creative pursuits. Uh, I am finishing up my master's degree in philosophy also at SF State. And I was just admitted to the Gangier program, which is a cannabis sommelier certification program. This is the first year for it. I uh, feel really, really privileged to have gotten into the program and really excited to start that in the spring. So as I kind of continue my journey with cannabis, I aim to empower people by sharing that education. That is so dope. So you said 12 years, so I'm doing the math in my head. So we're actually probably about the same age, too. Are we? I think so. Yeah. 88? 89. Ah, <laughs> uh, see? When's your, what, what sign are you? I'm a Gemini. Oh, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Only when extremely provoked. I'm a very nice person. No, 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 but this is... I hold accountable, though. I do. I, I have to say that. I do hold people. But myself, too. This is coming from a Leo, so, you know... <laughs> You know what? My rising is Leo, See? and I have a Sag moon. Yeah, so. so I'm like, this is all again making more and more sense. And um, so a cannabis sommelier. First of all, I just love that word. I just, it just, I just love how it Doesn't just it rolls. Sound so good. Yeah, like it just rolls yes. off your tongue. Um, sounds right together. Mm-hmm. Like you have, yeah, you should be a, a cannabis definitely sommelier. about because that's about smelling, right? Yeah, it's about everything. The program itself is really cool because it's about, it goes from marketing and sales techniques to branding to cultivation and also, you know, the consumption. So it's really, really nice. Uh, it's, I'm super excited to be in a program that's taught by, you know, industry greats that are really specialized in that subject matter. Like Frenchie Cannoli is teaching the shish. So it's a really cool opportunity. That's, that's exciting. I'm excited to like have all of that in me. Right. That know? sounds amazing and like sure. so much knowledge. Um, hence the the point of this episode, educate yourself um, on all things cannabis, which is exactly what Jasmine does and did and now does for the rest of us. <laughs> because I know there's so many things that I the more that I get into the industry and like talking to people and like figuring out my personal cannabis journey, the more I realize that I don't know shit. <laughs> like it's just, it's just so fascinating, but crazy to just see all the different things um, that really go into and this plan and the benefits that come from this plan. Um, so yeah. So that program, is it like uh like an online thing or how does that work that I've never heard of it. It's just so, it, it's yeah, it's, it kind of just, it kind of just like popped up on my feed one day and it's powered by Greenflower, which is a cannabis education platform um, tech company. And I've heard of them before and they do a lot of great work and seminars and things. And this came about 
and uh, it is partially online because of COVID-19, but there is a like in-person part. So they did only accept a very small class this year because of COVID-19, which has turned all of our lives upside down mm-hmm. <laughs> inexplicably. Um, but, you know, the fact that stuff like this is still available in a pandemic is just like really awesome says a lot about the importance of the industry. Absolutely. And and I would think that would, obviously, um, COVID is not a positive. I don't want to put that out there. But I try to always find the positive in whatever situation that I'm in. And I would think that being in a smaller class can only be beneficial um, to yeah. your, your ability to learn and, you know, the knowledge that you can give and that really, like, dedicated experience that you can get from the people that are teaching you because you have less people exactly it's really yeah that's that's definitely an upside to an otherwise you know really rough situation so (laughs) it's just like you said all about maintaining that positive and i think you know going through this paradigm shift you know with that comes a lot of uh, change and change is not always that no and um not always easy. I think that's that's been the, the theme of the year, right? <laughs> um, so yeah. that's awesome. I, I Have you started the program already, or are you just about to? No, it starts in March. Oh, that's awesome. I wish you all the luck yeah. of that. We're going to have to have you come back afterwards so you can drop more Oh, my gosh. I would love that. I'm so, I have a lot going. Right. Um, and MA in philosophy at SF State. She's so smart. Oh my gosh. I did not know all these things. I just like to read. <laughs> I know, you know, um, figuring out like where we came from, how our thought processes today were influenced by things like before, like that's always been very interesting. Like just to understand how we've gotten to the place that we are. Um, and yeah. And then underneath that, figuring out why we feel the things that we feel. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it's always been super it's interesting. Really... So I feel like you're living, yeah. living, I want to be friends. Like, can we be friends now? <laughs> I mean, Leo's and Gemini's are very compatible. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Because we're know? both crazy. I think that... <laughs> Don't play with us. <laughs> You're fine if you don't play with us. Exactly. If you play with us, so sorry for you. I tell people all the time, they're like, Justin, you're so mean. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm the nicest person you will ever meet. Just don't fuck with me. <laughs> and then, yeah. Yeah. nicest person you'll ever know. Yes, simple. yes. So down for you. Like, always. Yes. You know? Um, so, so that's. find out one day. Yes, that is dope. Um, I did not, I, when I invited you on the show, I didn't even know all of those things, um, about you. So you, you really are just doing your thing. Um, so I always like to do a quick temp check and see how your mental health is going, how your week has been, how you're feeling. Um, I don't feel like we ask each other that question enough. So I always want to give um, space for you to kind of um, give a, f- a breath of, this is what I'm going through. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, 2020, when I look at it, was a, it just felt like 
three years packed into one year. I think we all kind of felt that way. It was the longest year ever. Um, and a whole bunch of stuff happened that was like, what are we supposed to do all this at the same time? Like, <laughs> and so coming out of that this year, uh, all these amazing things happening today again, me having this amazing job that's just incredible and a dream job having the place that I want, all that stuff, my new business, it's all really put me in a pretty positive space. And I think that's just because I've done a lot of, a lot more research as into why, you know, I might do some of the things that I do and who I want to be and what I really want to cultivate. I've done a lot of thinking about that. Um, So I feel like I've kind of gone through the addressing and the and the point where you become self-aware and I have really made a lot of stride to shape my life the way that I want to and I feel really I feel like I'm in a powerful space right now which is something that I feel like we don't give ourselves permission enough to feel um, but you know I'm surrounded by who and what I want to be surrounded by I'm doing all of the things that I you know think will continue to help me add value to the world, you know, I wake up every morning, I'm really in a positive place, but that's not to negate or to say that, you know, there were many, many times where I was completely in the opposite place. And I know how fragile that can be. And I think that it helps us to really just try to develop an understanding of ourselves so that at least we can, you know, navigate some through some of these tough waters in the way that we're comfortable and at peace with. So feel like I'm in a good space right now and I'm doing what I can to stay in that space. That's awesome. That's amazing. I'm yeah. I'm very happy that you are in that space because you know, life is all about ebbs and flows. So I think that you like you said you have to celebrate the times where you're at those peaks. Um because it's going to help get you through the the lower parts. So when you feel like you're in a, a place of um emotional power within yourself, uh, mental power within yourself. I think that is definitely something to be celebrated. Um, I'm so happy to hear that that's where your mind is at right now. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you give me hope. (laughs) Because I feel like when you said the, you went through the self-awareness piece, right? And you you came, you feel like you're on the other side of it. I feel like I'm in that self-awareness piece of my life right now. Right now. And so when you said that, I was like, oh, that gave me hope. Like, okay, we're going to get there. gentle with yourself. Yes, you just got to keep pushing. Yeah. You just keep pushing and then yeah. you can get there. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that is... And be gentle with yourself too and give yourself grace. That's the hardest part mm-hmm. because you're so aware of all these things. You're like, I must be terrible, mm-hmm. you know? And really, it's like... You know, if you were that terrible, you wouldn't be thinking about being terrible. Right. You'd be excusing your behavior and you'd be, you know, doing all that stuff. So um, it's really great. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to get there, but I got there somehow by the grace of God. So. Exactly. So yeah. The self-actualization part of it is always, I feel like, one of the hardest parts. Because uh, like you said, when you realize it, then you start realizing everything. And then it's like, well, shit, I just fuck up everything. And then yeah. you're like, no, I just realize the things that I am fucking up on. And so that makes a huge difference. So, oh, well, you know what? 
keep on pushing on every day. I said, tell myself every morning, light a blunt and let's figure this shit out. Okay. It's just another day. Just figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, well, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Glad to hear that. Um, you've had a good, uh, week, a good mental health week. Um, like I said, I, that's something that's one of my champion causes is mental health in the black community. Um, <clears throat> speaking of mental health and things that help my personal mental health, uh, and the whole point of this show, uh, cannabis, <laughs> what are you smoking today? I'm smoking on a Jay-Z monogram Lucy. Oh, there how it's are those? I yes. need to know. It's the, I, I love the packaging. That's why I keep like showing it. I just love the packaging. Um, and I love the idea of the Lucy because, you know, in this climate, hopefully you're careful about sharing joints and blunts. Mm -hmm. um, so these are just like a little smaller than your average pre-roll. But um, it's nice. It's like sweet on the top. It's got a little skunkiness to it. It feels medium. It feels balanced like a hybrid, even though they don't say whether it's a hybrid or not. I'm, I'm chilling. Oh, they don't tell you if it's a... Do they tell you if it's like sativa? They don't just... You get nothing? I would need to know because... Well... <clears throat> uh, yeah, how do you how do you feel about that? How would you feel about cannabis kind of going in that way? They were uh, like, oh, <clears throat> happiness. Or... If you can give me a good product and great packaging, I'll probably buy it. Mm -hmm. Just because I'm a sucker for... I agree. Marketing. Um, I'm always looking at how, how did you figure out how to bring me in? Because I feel like I'm a tough critic, but that's just my personal opinion. So if you can get me, I feel like you're winning. Let me give you my money. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Here you go. for just that, I do love the packaging of his stuff. I haven't, yeah. you know, tried any of it and I didn't even know that they didn't necessarily clarify whether it's indica sativa or anything like that and i don't know how that would make me feel because um again now that i'm going on this cannabis journey and getting all this education and stuff um it makes me i can see why they wouldn't and why they would move more towards how does it make you feel instead of like let's put this in just a arbitrary category that could make you feel a lot of different ways um, but I also am still at the point where I'm like, but I know sativa is good for me, for me personally. I know hybrid is, you know, also a good area and indica I can only use at night. So because of that, I'm like, Ooh, that makes me nervous because if I get the wrong thing at the wrong time of the day, we're done. Like ain't shit else getting done <laughs> for that day. So, but it would, it would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, do they do that on all of their products? I think so. Yeah, just more of the, the feeling that it gives or the, the result. Yeah. Know. It's very Somebody interesting. Somebody else does that, I forget. But I think, oh, Candescent. Candescent does that too. Um, and But it's but again, it's it's feeling-based and it's very apparent, like what, what like charges a sativa, right? Mm -hmm. um, that kind of thing. So I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how marketing develops as the laws develop and as you know restrictions get loosened and things like that because cannabis has some of the most genius marketing because there's so many things you gotta take into account mm -hmm. um that i've ever seen 
Mm-hmm. They can elevate Jane, but beautiful. Chef's kiss. Yeah. Yeah, they have so many, like, hoops that they have to jump through. You have to be innovative mm-hmm. because you can't just come with, you know, some cookie-cutter type of thing because it's going to get shut down immediately. Um, yeah. I think that's why consumers are so, like, loyal in cannabis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> The amount of money that I spend on cannabis is probably ridiculous. Not probably, it is. But I do it because you know obviously because of all the benefits but you can get cheaper stuff that'll still won't give you the same high but it'll still get you high and you know figure it out but i want the good stuff because i'm like i feel loyal to what that brand is doing like i feel like a part of that community so i'm willing to spend more money with you because i know that one i'm getting the community but i'm also getting better stuff but really it's i don't know I just love being in the community. I love being around like-minded people and I'm willing to spend more to get that in return. Yeah. That's, uh... Did I already ask you what you're smoking? Yes, we do. That's how we got on (laughs) Jay-Z. I was like, shit. I was like, how did we get here? And where am I at in my list? Okay. Yeah, what that super glue is not playing with you. <laughs> these, are the, um, <laughs> these are the... These are the... Dangers. Yes, the dangers of smoking while recording a podcast. I always forget Shit. where I was. No, I, also... I smoked. Go ahead. I smoked for real during a photo shoot like a couple weeks ago, and it was the worst idea I've ever had in my life. I was like, all the pictures, I was like, girl. <laughs> so you're one of those that looks high. I look suited. Suited. Like, I, there's a few pictures, and he did what he could, especially because it was LA and the wind was trash. Um, but man, it's so funny. I'm like, I'm never doing this that again. It's, it's gonna be CBD joints, like the rest of the way. Normal people. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely. Um, I keep telling myself, you're a smoker. Like, you're not new to this shit. You can do this. <laughs> That's what I did. I right, like, and then it, and then the time comes, and I'm like, oh. I can't do this. <laughs> I thought I could, but Ew. I can't. Yeah. You can definitely tell. Yeah. Just red eyed shouty. I was I remember at one of my old jobs, um, like on our on our lunch and or our break, we would walk around the building, like just to get up and move. And I would always take my pen with me. <coughs> um, I would always take my pen with me, uh, like while I walked around and one day I it was like a new pen. I think it was the first raw garden live resin pen oh, that I had. Sassy. Yes. That sleek white. Oh my gosh. And I walked around the building, came back, sat down. I was like, yo, I'm fucking high. Like, I'm really fucking high. Like, 
and I'm a smoker. They didn't tell you, raw garden don't play. Raw garden don't play. <laughs> That's sauce. Like, That's raw, sauce. Raw garden don't play. And then I'm sitting at my desk working or whatever, trying not to, like, look high. <laughs> and my supervisor comes in. And she's like, yeah, Justin, come here for a second. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. Please. I don't want to come here. So I'm like, okay, you have to go because what are you going to say? Just no? Like, <laughs> just nah, I'm good. <laughs> and so, uh, I'm going to stay right here, bro. Right. <laughs> and so I went into her office and she closes the door. And it's just this very dramatic long because you know when you're high everything seems like it takes a lot longer or it's a lot more intense and like my ears are like popping and stuff and I'm like I'm about to get fired she's like oh I just want to tell you that you've been doing a really good job and we just want to do your review and blah 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 it was just a normal everyday conversation there was nothing to be worried about but I'm telling you when I say my I swear she could have seen my heart pounding out of my chest because I just knew I was getting fired I and I said, never again. I'm never smoking at work again. Girl, next break. Hitting my pen again. Yep. <laughs> I was like, it's, it's fine. Obviously, you can play it off. You just sat here and had a whole conversation with this woman. And then she didn't say nothing. You even got a good review. So you're good. Go ahead and hit the pen. <laughs> yeah. Yo, that is hilarious. It was yeah, I... terrifying in the moment. But looking back now, I'm like, oh, okay, that's funny. That's a good one. Yo, my I look stoned. I like if I I would never be able to like go to work and smoke because I look stoned when I'm stoned. Man. And it would just be all bad. But I remember the first time I got high, I was in college and there was always a thing with me where I was like don't let them see you sweat. I don't know why I always had that, but that's how I always was. So it was my first time smoking, and we had a blunt in the rotation. And I was like, you know what to do. So I, I just, like, smoked it. And it was passing, like, real fast. And I'm like, damn, why are we smoking it so fast? It's because there were two blunts in rotation. <laughs> so we went to the party, and I don't even know what happened. All I know is that when I when it came time for me to go home, I walked up in the house and I was like, you prepared for this? You sprayed yourself with perfume? You got your eye drops going? Nobody's going to know. And I walk right in to the refrigerator. And I open the refrigerator. My dad's there. And he's like, are you high? <laughs> Immediately. Like, he's like, shit, he knows. I was like, no, <laughs> what? Because in my mind, I'm like, you can't, you can't admit that nope. you're high. <laughs> deny, like, deny, you deny. You just deny. And he was just like, you're high. You've been standing in front of this refrigerator for way too long. <laughs> it probably you're felt like two water. seconds for you. And you've been there for like almost yeah, an hour. <laughs> I was probably there for like quite a while. He was probably just staring at me <laughs> for quite some time, like knowing him. And so he's like, take this water and go in your room before your mom sees you. Like, And that was my first high experience. Hilarious. I didn't smoke for a minute after that. That is hilarious. But like, yo, immediately, never could get away. I would just be like, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> 
I would have asked him too, like, so how long did you stand there watching me stand there? <laughs> like, you really just go stand there and watch me, bro? Like, because like, I know you, you said that, like, the way you way yeah. you say that makes me think that you've been here for a while too. <laughs> so how long we've been sitting, standing here staring at each other? Are we both hot right, right now? Like, that's, a, that's why you know, right? <laughs> takes one to like know one. Like, yeah, takes yeah. one to know one. <laughs> And he, you know. That is hilarious. Yeah. My parents smoked most, like, literally all of my life. And I knew, probably, I think they told me when I was, like, eight or nine or something like that. But I didn't start smoking until high school. And even then, I'm like, even though you know your parents smoke, and, like, really, what can they say to you about it? Because y'all in the garage. Um, you still don't want them to know. Yeah. Like, you're still not going to be, like... So I made it through all of high school without getting caught. I made it through part of college without getting caught. And then I had a friend who came to live with us for like a summer or something. And she washed her clothes in the in my mom's washer. And so then my mom comes in my room and she's like, puts out this bag. She's like, is this yours? And it's like a half washed bag of weed. I was like, well, no. I would never do that. That's money down the drain. She's like, so you smoke now as well? Might as well put it out there now. But I got, yeah. that's how they found out I smoked was because somebody else left their weed in their pocket and then washed the clothes. I was like, I didn't even get caught for my own shit. Take this some shit. Right. <laughs> I didn't even get caught for my own shit. I got caught for somebody else's shit. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. But, but I was like, I mean, like I said, I didn't, really think it was going to be a problem because I knew they smoked. They they know I know they smoke, so I didn't think it was going to be a problem or anything, but still, it's not something like you just want to be like, yeah, mom, you want to light a blood one day? Like, yeah. Maybe now, yeah, but for sure. back when yeah. I was like 18, 19, like, nah, I'm good. Same, but yeah, no. <laughs> nah, I'm okay. I still remember the first time I cussed in front of my mom and it was on accident and it was the word damn. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I will beat your ass in front of this school right now. And I was like, ooh. So it was not, there ain't no, hey, guess what? Like, I, um, there's this girl in elementary school, and I can't remember why she, what she did to piss me off. She did something to piss me off. And I wrote an email back to her, um, or an I am, or something like that. Like, like this was back in the AIM days. Oh, I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote something and I said, bitch, or something like that. And then I printed it out because I wanted to show my friends. And, you know, this is not in the days where you could just take a picture on your phone. Okay? You had to print out the evidence. Okay? We had to print out the MapQuest directions. Okay? Because that's the era that I lived in. But, yeah. so I... I don't know. One wrong turn. Sorry about it. Right. You're, you're fucked. Okay? Um, Siri is not telling you, no, bitch, you going the wrong way. You just fucked. <laughs> like 20 miles later down the road. So I left, I printed it out and then left it in the computer room. Like I went to sleep, was going to go get it the oh, next girl. day. My mom found that, woke me up in the middle of the night. What you saying on this paper? What's this word you're using? I was like, yo, <laughs> it's like two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> Not even go here. What are you gonna wake you up for? 
I'm not even coherent. She's like, you don't use these type of words. Blah, 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 blah. Get up right now. What? <laughs> she made me write an apology letter. Because, I mean, I had already <laughs> sent it. I had already sent a message to the girl, so it's not like she didn't see it. Like, I had printed it out to show my friends. And so she made me write an apology letter to the girl at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I would never... My mom is crazy, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I, I, it bothers me because it's funny because I thought of this story the other day too, and um, it bothers me. I cannot remember what she did to piss me off. She did something. The sad part is the girl was actually she was like one of the nicest girls ever, which is why I'm like, why was I calling her a bitch? <laughs> but you know, that was my experience with cussing the first time. I was big, bad, and bold, and got woke up at That's two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> they will wake you up in the middle of the night, child. They will wake you up. You ever been woken up in the middle of the night to do some damn dishes? <laughs> yes. Is a pit. You should have done them when I told you to do them. How? Why are you even awake right now? Did you so purposely wake up to go make sure I did the dishes? Cause that's crazy. That's just crazy. One time I got in trouble because I cleaned the bathroom and I forgot to clean the floorboard. <laughs> and I was like, okay, but your son can't clean the toilet. So where, like, where, where do we go from here? <laughs> like, why not? Why the expectations? Yo. Yeah. I had that. It was spotless before I went to bed. Mm-mm. Or else. Mm-mm. Mm. And I mean, will will I admit that did it make me do it the next time? Absolutely, because I wasn't getting up again. But I was pissed the fuck off. And when I moved out, the first thing I did was leave dishes in the sink overnight. Just because. I'm in my own fucking house, and can't nobody wake me up at 2 o'clock in the morning to do these dishes. Yeah. It was a great moment. I was very... I woke up and did them the next day, because then they started to bother me. Yeah. But that at that night it was probably it was like the icing on top of the cake of moving. I don't have to listen to my mama no more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how do we get here? I don't even know. Um, I asked you what you're smoking. What? Let's talk about this. Is how we got here. You know what I took? I took um, about maybe twenty minutes before we got on the call. Um, a kind pill. The sativa kind pills. Oh, uh-huh. I love and them. Uh-huh. I love them. I buy them all the time. Um, and then I was, you know, hitting the... That was Gelato 45. I'm about to hit... Like, I rolled a, a blunt. I had to roll a blunt today because I'm going to get my nails done tomorrow. Ooh. I'm so excited. <laughs> my hands look disgusting. They look I, like little boy I, hands. I wonder how it feels. <laughs> I just, I hate it. And I've been waiting to get my nails done for probably like three months. And I'm like, I can't take this no more. The lady called me the other day and I said, yes, book an appointment because I need, this needs to be fixed. So once I get my nails done, I won't be able to roll a blunt no more. Barely roll a blunt now. Surprised it actually held up as well as it did. I was very, very proud. Um, Are you a blunt roller? No. No, I was just going to say, I not know how to roll it is um i've always had long nails pretty much so that's part of it because i was like do i need to and then like you know i there's free rolls and i used to smoke at like a dry piece so 
almost 10 and I'm working on it. But lately, for some reason, now I want to learn how to at least roll a joint. And so I'm trying to, I'm in the process of trying to learn. I have a pack of rolling papers and I told myself by the end, I'm going to have no more cones for me. I love cones. So I actually, how I started, um, like when I started really smoking, like on a regular basis, I started off with pipes and I never could roll, never really tried, even when I didn't have nails. And then I got a joint roller and I absolutely love that thing. I think I still have the same joint roller from maybe like, no lie, like eight or nine years ago. It is my everything <laughs> and it just makes my life so much easier but i was like but trying to roll like freehand roll a joint i don't want to i just i just don't want to it's too much like i feel like those are harder to roll than a, a blunt i'm not good at that either. yeah i'm an overachiever yeah right i want it to look pretty like i want it to be even i just I just want to know how to, like, I just want to say I know how to do it, mm-hmm. you know, at this point, you know, I just feel like that's the next step, but you don't need to know how to really. Not, a, not these days. Uh, I mean, just recently I found, I found out about cones and like how that works. And I was like, this, where has this mm-hmm. been my whole life? This is even easier than the joint roller. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I saw in a video, somebody sucking the grinded up herb right out of it. And I was like, why did I never think of that? Right? <laughs> I did too. I saw that same video and I was like, genius. You see the type of thoughts that cannabis produces? That's quality yes. shit right there. Yes, I do. And I value and appreciate Right. Very much so. Um, but I just, so I rolled a blunt um, and that one I think is what I'm going to spark next. But the, the kind pills are, they're my go-to daily. Like I take one... And then I'll just work most of the day. And every once in a while, I'll hit, I'll hit my pen or I'll hit a joint or um, a blunt or whatever. But I love those pills. However, I've learned to take one at a time. Take one at a time, please. Yes. Because I have I know. I overdosed have... <laughs> myself. Yeah. What's that felt like? Uh... Well, it really depends on which one it is. So the sativa ones, yeah. I felt like I was, it felt almost uh, like I was too zoned in on whatever I was doing. And so that kind of gave me anxiety. And I started overthinking everything too much. And I wasn't, because I was doing it while I was working on something. And so I was overthinking wow. so much that I wasn't actually producing anything that I was trying to produce. So it was giving me anxiety. And so I eventually just had to get up and walk away. <clears throat> but then I just walked around in a circle for a very long time in my room. So it wasn't even like a productive circle. It was just like this very little itty bitty weird circle. It was very strange. Um, I just had too much energy. Um, the indica ones. <laughs> so that actually, when I overdosed on the indica ones, I had actually overdosed on... Um, it was a rough day for me. I hurt myself. <laughs> I had the, the Kana gummies. And I took, on the box, it said, take two to three. Right? And then wait and then see how you feel. And I had been taking two 
for like a few days and I was like, well, fuck it. Let's take three. And that was a mistake. It was a very big mistake. And I, so I was like overdosed on that and it was the same kind of thing. Like I just had too much energy. So then later that night, I was like, oh, we'll take the indica ones, which will help bring me down. But it made me feel like I was drunk. Like, like the room was spinning. Like, yeah, like I was just really drunk. And I was like, I don't like this at all. This is worse than the first one. So I've learned, you take one <laughs> and no matter what happens, I only take one. And then maybe the next day I'll take the other one because now I'm scared. <laughs> Cause they do, they do hit, but um, they can also smack the shit out of you. That's how I feel about the level pro tabs. I love those things. <laughs> They're like 25 milligrams, the extra strength ones of sativa hybrid or indica. And that's a lot, but that's like a little bit more than my normal tolerance dose. Um, but like one time I accidentally took two, but they were like overlapping. So I took one and then I took another one like three hours later and that was just too soon. And I felt mad nauseous. Yeah, like, like your stomach is like doing somersaults. The The whole room is spinning. Like even when I closed my eyes, then for a sec, I would get relief for a second because you're like in the dark, but then eventually the dark started spinning. And I was like, fuck. I just want to be still. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a lot. I've seen the pro tabs and I haven't tried them because I'm like, again, that's that that brand loyalty, like you said. I'm like, I feel like I'd be cheating on my kind pills. But um I've seen them and I you're actually the first person I've actually heard who's that taken them. So how do you do you like them or was that one just too much? No, I love them. But the high is longer than expected. Mm -hmm. So, like, normally, for me, an edible will get me high from, from, like, two to four hours. Like, 10 milligrams will get me high from, like, two to four hours. So, usually, if I want a little bit more, I just, like, 20. 20 is my sweet spot. 20, I'm feeling it. It's a nice, like, background high, which is what I like about edibles. I, don't, I feel like when you're high with edibles, it doesn't overwhelm you. Um that's, and so for that's me, that's crazy. You're probably the only person yeah. I've ever heard say that about an edible. Yeah, I feel like it doesn't overwhelm you, or for me, it doesn't overwhelm me. So, twenty five is a high, but that's in the top range of my tolerance. Once I went over that and I overlapped them, that was just way too much for my body to handle. It just wasn't a good idea. But they make like really, really high ones for people with really high tolerances. You just have to know what your tolerance is. That's a big thing. And just like take it really, really low and slow. Don't jump 10 milligrams, jump 2.5. And yes, it's going to take a while, but wouldn't you rather take a while than have a bad high? So like that type of stuff is really important, I think, for people to know. Because otherwise, you're like, dang, how do I even know what I like anymore? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? um yeah you're every person i know um even people that i know that love edibles every person i know always goes towards the take a small piece of the edible because and then you know wait some time and then take an even smaller piece if you need to take more 
because edibles can go wrong so fast. And I don't think I've heard anybody say, yeah, I can, I can control it better. <laughs> edibles are yeah. tough to control. At least yeah. from what I've experienced. And don't get me wrong, I love edibles. And love is probably a strong word. Like them, I will use them to get the job done. <laughs> Um, but yeah, because of that exact reason, like, it's just so hard for me to control the high and I normally end up too high. It keeps me away from them. My cousin ate a Rice Krispie, ate the whole entire Rice Krispie, which I, we still don't know why, because no one told her to do that. Well, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> no one, no one told. She didn't it. understand what was gonna happen. She, when... She's like, "Well, I was just eating you it. You, like, it was just I was just eating it. I was, see, see." And she ended up sitting on the floor, thinking there was birds in the house, uh, flying around. Uh, she didn't think she had no legs. That doesn't sound fun. Yeah. None of that sounds. Yeah, she fun. was she was sitting in the middle of the floor crying because she's like, "How am I gonna go to work tomorrow? Because I have no legs." And I was like, "They're they're right there. You you're touching them." <laughs> it was the most hilarious thing in the world, but for, I'm sure for her it was terrifying. These, I still think it's hilarious. We still talk. We still laugh at her about it. Um, yeah. But that exact yeah. reason is why I stay away from edibles. And I get that, and I know a lot of people who feel the same way. I think it's just about, like I said, like putting the time in to kind of seeing where your endocannabinoid system is at and i think you know if you are consuming cannabis intentionally medicinally you should have kind of at least some way of accumulating knowledge so that you can figure out like what your body is experiencing so like there are some people who have certain certain imbalances within their endocannabinoid system and it's cannabis will negatively influence what they're experiencing. So like some people, when they smoke sativas, they get really, really anxious. That's because now they have some type of overproduction of an endocannabinoid that is a combination of the cannabis that you're introducing and what your body naturally produces. And so um, stuff like that is really, I think, important for people using it medicinally because cannabis has a lot of potential that we don't even really know yet. And yet there are people out there who try but they don't real they don't know how to kind of figure out if cannabis is right for them or how to even go about that. Yeah. Um I think so another another point. This this is great cuz it's bringing us straight into kind of why I wanted to bring you on the show and like the point of the you realize we haven't even gotten to the topic yet. <laughs> um, I know. um I know. But when I was listening to that the other podcast that um, you were on and you talked about um, being intentional um, with your cannabis use. That really um, kind of struck a chord with me. And I think because, again, I, I am going on my cannabis journey and I'm trying to find out what what all cannabis can do for me more, in term, more than just in terms of being high, right? Um, which is what my experience has been in the past. Like I smoke weed to get high, which I still do, but I also want to see what else it can do for me. Um, so when I heard you talking about being intentional with your cannabis use, I was like, huh, I want to try that. Um, and it made me um, 
want to add a question to my little introduction here. Um, but why do you smoke or why do you consume cannabis? Like what is your intentionality behind your cannabis consumption? That's a really good question. I think it's changed over time. Um, when I first started smoking cannabis, it was really kind of just to like do something different, which is why I didn't stick with it. Like I kind of went away from cannabis for a while and then came back to it later. When I was going through a super, super stressful time in school and I had developed like TMJ, which is when you like clench your jaw and you have that and it was just the worst. And so I was using cannabis at that time to help me with that in a natural way. And that was working for me, but I didn't know anything about really like, I mean, I knew like five strains and I would always order one of those five strains and they all felt comfortable, but I couldn't really tell the deep difference between them. Like I, I just, I knew that it made me feel better. Mm -hmm. I knew mm -hmm. some made me a little more energetic and some made me a little more sleepy and some made me a little more hungry. That's really what I knew. And so then as that progressed, and as my interest in cannabis progressed, you know, I have a brother who's also in the cannabis industry and, you know, he's been vocal about some of the things that he's seen. And I'm like, the cannabis industry is really evolving. And so it made me really want to know more about it because I could see recreation happening and then it did. And then I was in retail management at the time and I just wanted I wanted that change I wanted to be a part of this industry I wanted to be a part of this community and this movement um, to really uplift and empower particularly BIPOC who have paid such a tremendous price in terms of not just people lost to either prison or to to crimes that put them in in harm's way but also what it's done to the family structure in these communities what it's done to break down the empowerment of these communities and what it's done to silence the voices of BIPOC like I saw I saw that opportunity you know if if enough people wanted to make that change and make that difference and be of that value and purpose and so for me now smoking is really a way to you know, I, I intentionally plug into how I'm feeling. I check in with myself. How hydrated are you? How healthy have you been this week? How are you feeling? How's your physicality? Are you tired? Are you fatigued? Okay, why? And I really ask myself these questions. And sometimes the answers are hard and I really don't want to go into it. But I also know that if I don't do that on a regular basis, then I'm taking that out into the world and I'm interfering in my own progress. And so um, I think for me, cannabis kind of helps with that consciousness and it helps me ground that within me. And then I think that I tune in and plug in with the fact that I can heal myself, right? And, and there's a lot of things about the way that I have been going into the world and what I'm looking for cannabis to do that I can apply to myself. And Cannabis is not a cure-all. It can't fix everything, and I wish it could. I, but also, it could probably help fix a lot of things. It could, probably could help with progressing a lot of medical evidence for support of cannabis as a medicine. Uh, but, but the legal parameters prevent us from doing that uh, in the state. So I think for me now, I really smoke to have that centered approach to life uh, that I know only empowers me and, and helps me. Be more abuse. I love that.
I love all that. Um, I want to get into um, our high blessing as well, because I want to come back to that that intentionality again once we get to the the main topics. But let's go ahead and do um, our high blessings really quick. Um, positive self talk and really speaking into existence the things that we want for ourselves is something that has been kind of my my crusade for myself um and i think it's really helped so i think um that we should all give ourselves the grace and the blessing and the time to say positive things to ourselves so what would your what is your high blessing for yourself today it's so funny because last week, uh, one of the one of my girls in, in one of my LA networks, she brought up this thing called a body graph. Have you heard of it? Mm-mm. A body graph. It's it's a test that you can take online, and it just like measures what type of aura that you have, and what authority you possess, um, what strategy you should use throughout your life. And I took it because. It was like based on your birth chart. And I was like, let me see what it's saying. Um, and it came back to me that apparently I'm a manifesting generator, which means basically it puts a spotlight on the fact that, you know, although we are very, very focused, and this is, you know, maybe a controversial idea, but, you know, we're all focused on trying to reach this point of manifestation. And We can definitely do that, but some of us are just more naturally able to tap into that energy than other people. So like the, the idea is that like manifestors are actually very rare. They're like 9% of the population. And then there's manifesting generators, which have like manifestor properties, but they're generators. They like generate the energy of of the world and they like they're And so I've been reading up more on it. And it's just really kind of tapped in and sorry, let me know um, a little bit about myself because a lot of the things do resonate with me, you know? Um, so I think I've been focusing on feeling whole. There's one kind of principal character trait that I possess. I'm very emotional. And it, I, it's something I've always hated about myself. It's something I've always tried to get rid of and kind of like put in, in a box and it just never worked out for me. But then like, I took this body graph and I was like, no, actually that's your power. You just have to learn how to apply it and master it on it. And uh, it, it was something that I was like, you know what, I didn't even realize that that was something that I, I experienced, but it resonates and, and it makes sense. So I have been kind of affirming the fact that it's okay and it's valuable that I'm an emotional being. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put the spotlight on being emotional and help, it helps me to kind of realize that I'm empowered by it and then it creates a better and more even flow in my life. And then I'm able to kind of tap into these manifesting qualities and really, really kind of clear the slate and build up from that. I think that's awesome. Um, I think taking something that is typically seen as a negative character trait um even if it's something only you tell yourself especially if it's something only you tell yourself like i i'm not saying that 
I don't know your life. So I'm not saying other people didn't reinforce that within you, um, but especially when you tell that to yourself um, over yeah. and over and over and over again, it's um, to take that and turn it on its head and say that this is actually something that empowers me and it makes me who I am and it makes me be able to do the things that I want to do and be the person that I want to be. And so I'm going to, I'm going to revel in it. I'm going to sit in it. I'm going to celebrate, yeah. you know, these parts of me. I think that's fucking amazing. I think that's awesome. I think that takes a lot of strength, um, to do that inward looking and deconstructing those ideals that, you know, have been ingrained in us. Like I said earlier, you know, being told that you're too emotional or that you're the angry black girl or that um, you don't smile enough or you're too loud, you know, all the things that we, especially as black women, get told about ourselves our entire lives, um, taking those things and deconstructing them and, you know, proving them po as a positive is amazing. And I'm so happy that you have been able to uh, do that for yourself. And find that in yourself. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Truly. You're so awesome. That takes a lot. So that oh. Yes. Um, this is very that is very interesting. I have never heard of that. A, a body graph. Um You should do it. It's interesting. I immediately I thought, thought like mm, that sounds like something you're gonna ask me my way, and I don't wanna tell you that. Um <laughs> <laughs> But um, knowing that that is not part of it makes me a little bit more open-minded to it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll definitely have to look into that because I'd be yeah. interested to see just like where where I fall. Like I said, I'm, I feel like I'm at the point in my life where I'm on this uh, journey of self-discovery and like really figuring out who I am and what I want and all those things. Um, so yeah, I'd be very interested to just see what it's got to say. Um, so my, let me give my affirmation. I think the biggest thing that's been on my mind lately, um, is, is just that I, I can do the things that I want to do. Like I'm yeah. very, I'm probably my biggest critic. I'm probably my biggest, uh, naysayer. Um, but I also come through for myself all the time. And so I am trying to be more aware of the positives that I, you know, the times that I do do the things that I say that I'm going to do. Um, cause for me, it's very easy to focus on the times that I don't. And I've realized that those are when I focus on the positives, the, the negatives are a lot few and far between. So that is my affirmation is that I can That's do amazing. the things that I want to do and I can do the things that I say I'm going to do. I just have to do them. There's, there's literally nothing stopping me. Yeah, it takes the anxiety like of not doing it out of the way. It like, kicks right. that helps you just dial in on what needs to be done. Like right now I'm very, 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 very busy. Like very, very busy. Doing a lot of things. But it's about figuring out how you can structure that for yourself and just have your back. Mm -hmm. You know? 
and just stick to the plan. That's really a huge part of it. Yes. Routine has never been my strong suit, but um, I'm realizing that routine is going to make my life so much easier. Um, Yeah. I'm a perfectionist, uh, and I'm working on it, but I am a perfectionist. So not having routine and being a perfectionist just leads me to doing nothing. Because yeah. there's no set, like there's like, right. I'm just like, no, never mind. I'm just not going to do it. So I'm like, yeah. okay, if we have to pick one of these two things, which one are we going to do? And you know, I'm going to drive myself crazy being a perfectionist. So let's try and implement some type of routine so that you can get all the things that you know you can do done, um, and just get it done. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you got it. You can do it. Yes, Absolutely. yes, yes, yes. Um, I love that, that I feel very good after that. Um, after hearing both of those, I feel very good at getting that off my chest and I feel very good hearing your affirmation. Cause I felt like it really, like I said, I feel like I'm maybe like a year and a half or something behind you or some two steps behind you or where you were. Cause a lot of things you're saying is like, that's where I want to be. That, that is what I'm shooting for. That is why you are going through the crap that you're going through right now is because you want to get to that place so it's very reaffirming for me um yeah. oh that's good i'm so glad to hear that yes that yes really i'm so glad you're there i'm so glad i got an I example dark. <laughs> <laughs> i got an example um so to get into this real blunt talk um and i know we've, we've been here for a little bit but we're gonna see what we can you have so much information. Um, I know. I feel like I do now. Now I'm seeing it and I'm like, oh. You have so <laughs> much information. Like, you're talking. I'm like, I just want to hear it all. <laughs> like, I just, I just want to hear it all. Thank you. I talk a lot. So sometimes I'm like, shut up. No, <laughs> I'm soaking it all up. Um, so you are a cannabis educator. Um, and I believe you said cannabis writer. Did you say that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, so you know your stuff. Uh, about to be a cannabis sommelier. Okay. Um, a dispensary. Okay. So when I was writing this, when I was writing the outline, I could not think of the word. Like, because you're, you're running the dispensary, right? You're not, you're mm-hmm. technically the only. Managing. Managing. Yeah. Managing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Gosh, that is so simple. And I couldn't, days. Days I've been trying to think of like what is the word that I'm trying to say, like I'm it's I, like it happens all the time. <laughs> it happens all the time. I was like, cause I know she's not the owner, but like she's running it. I'm like, I don't want to say the dispensary runner, the runner of the dispensary. Like, that sounds stupid. I was like, I know there is a word for this, and I cannot think of it. Days I have this has been running through my head, and you just come out with it. Management, bam. <laughs> A dispensary manager. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> just, just the ease at which you just did that with. I am. I applaud. Um, <laughs> all of these things in cannabis. So, how did you decide to become a cannabis educator and like really decide like this is the industry that I'm going to um, give my all to? I didn't know that I was going to be so heavily involved in the industry when I first 
in back in like 2017 when I was like, I would love to kind of get into this field. I love it. I kind of felt at that time too, like I had two different identities going on. Like I had my like work life, but then I had where I wanted to be and they were totally opposite of each other. And I knew that I wanted to be in that community. So I kept trying and making, you know, trying to make it happen and then it happened. And once I really started to meet the consumers and once I started to learn about more about the people who've gone through illegal shops and seen raids and all that stuff and are still in the industry, um, I just started to fall more and more in love with it. And I started to get so embroiled in learning as much as I possibly can and being a sponge for all of this knowledge. And I just thought to myself, I kept getting the same questions over and over and over again. And, you know, I kept seeing people who were experiencing that, you know, these collection of products were working so beautifully for them and they could go to, you know, a family gathering for the first time. This is pre-COVID, but like going to go to a family gathering for the first time in a while because their anxiety doesn't prevent them from doing so. Or they tried this amazing strain of sativa and it uplifts them and, you know, gets rid of certain episodes that they're having. Like those things do happen. And once I started to see that at a more intimate level and not just hear about it all the time. Um, it just drove me harder to just be like 100% as much as I can in that industry. And then you have as well the social and political impact there too that is so pronounced. And I just kept meeting people who were so amazing, fighting for the same things I've always believed in. You know, I've studied intersectionality at a very, very, very fine detailed level in philosophy since 2011. I you know, it's, it's just encompasses so much of what's close to me. And, uh, you know, I just feel privileged that I'm able to, to help and, and continue the path and, uh, you know, help move the ball forward. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> that's awesome. I, again, when I realized that cannabis was more than just like, hey, let's get high. Um, like you said, it just opens doors and it makes you realize like there's so much more to this then um, let's just get high. And it makes you want to be a part of it. Um, so I love that. Um, why Why do you think it's so important to educate yourself on cannabis while being an active user? Because uh, I can admit that that's not something that I've done um, until now. And... Um, I think if I would have done it er you know, earlier in my cannabis life journey or whatever this is, that I would have only had benefited. So yeah, so why do you think it's so important? I think a good example of why it's important to have some education is the edible story, just <laughs> the classic edible story. I hear it 17 times a day. It always involves some random dude. I don't know if he was a friend of a friend. I don't know what dude was, but he wasn't, they didn't know him that well, you feel me? And they bought some brownies off him, and somehow he put a thousand milligrams or something in that bitch, and they ate the whole thing, and they had the worst experience, and then they went to the hospital. You know, they had a, and they never smoked ever again. Everybody has that story. And I think that comes from just not knowing your dosing methods, just not knowing how to gauge that also to get it from somebody that you trust, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
or and not to like just do what your friend did because your friend did it. Um, you also have to be careful, I think, with assuming tolerances. Like for instance, I know men who are athletes in six five and they take a five milligram gummy and they're out. And I know girls who are like four eleven and ninety pounds and they'll take a fresh dab and be ready for another and like so everybody's system is different and you can't just gauge it surface level. So that's why I think it's so important to dig a little deeper with cannabis because there's so many more beautiful medical benefits, but there's also so much more to know about it and how your body responds to it and why your body responds to it. What an endocannabinoid system is, it's a huge component of our nervous system, but we don't really know much about it. So really learning and taking that in so that you can kind of have that empowerment and you might not have to have the risk that, you know, you take with taking some of these big pharma medicines. And of course, you know, there are chronic illnesses that have to be treated by them. Um, but I think some people, we have a clear opiate crisis in, in America. And, and so um, it's very, very apparent. So if you know more about cannabis, you're more likely to try it. You're more likely to uh, see a demystified version of it and, and not demonize it so much the way that our society has done for so incredibly long and all the people that have been associated with cannabis. Um, and so once you do that, you'll just, ha it'll open up so many doors for people, I think, to, to get into the space. I love everything about that answer. Um, you ever just have a moment where it's like, see, this is why I did this. I feel like your answer was like, see, this is why I messaged her. Cause she gave it like, that's a great answer. <laughs> like when you were talking, I was like, see, that's why you hit her. <laughs> I appreciate that. There's a lot of work to do, man. You know, and you know, if I can add value and, and give people that, that's like, you know, mission accomplished. Yeah. I think that, that that's a great example. Um, and even when I didn't even think about it, like when you said it, like, you know, you have these athletes that are like, you know, can't barely take a hit, but then you have these little people. I think about that all the time because I, I, I'm around people sometimes, my old roommates, and I'm like, yo, how are y'all so fucking not, not high right now? Like, I am losing my mind. And y'all have got, like, the fifth blunt going around in a circle. How are y'all still alive right now? And I'm like, and these are people that are smaller than me, like, in terms of body weight. So I'm like, how am I, the bigger person, high out of my fucking mind and the little toothpicks over here are just like giggle giggle and that's it yeah and yeah. i i never really thought of it in terms of like well it's gonna hit you different because your body you're you're I, that word is so difficult for me endocannabinoid system endocannabinoid yes um it's different it sounds like something else. I'm Very much so. That. I was like, mm. when you said that, I was like, mm, I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. If that's the one to go with. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, you know, it's going to hit you differently, and the journey is figuring out the best way to get to the good spots. Because I've met people who also think, oh, like. You can't overdose on cannabis or you can't get too high. No, yes, I've been too high. You can get too high for sure. Yeah, I've been there and it's not 
fun. It is definitely not the same as being like hungover or, you know, it's not that, but it's not fun either. And I don't, I don't really want to go back there. So, like that day, I'm telling you, that day I overdosed myself twice in one day. I didn't try a kind pills for like another month after that. And I still love my pills, but I was like, we, we need to take a break. Cause they we hurt need to take a break. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you on the flip. Like we're dating other people right now. I'll, I'll be back, but I'm going to put you on the shelf for a minute. <laughs> um, I know what you mean. Yeah. So with that said, um, what do you think are like the main things that any cannabis consumer needs to learn for themselves? I think that they need to know kind of one makes to start with knowing at least one major thing about every consumption method they're going to try. So like with flour, the main thing people need to know, I think, is what strains mean and what effects they produce and kind of what you might want to steer away from in general. So like one major thing I think with, especially with 2020, a lot of people coming in for anxiety relief or depression relief. So if they come in and they want something that's going to boost their mood to use during the daytime, that's, that's a great sativa candidate, right? Um, but a lot of people will smoke like a very, very high percentage sativa because it's thought to be better. But the higher the percentage, the more likely you'll have that anxiety because it's a lot to take in. So your body kind of have a, has a natural anxious response. And so a lot of that anxiety people associate with cannabis use, that could be avoided if you kind of have a little bit of knowledge on not only where you're at and, and intentionality there, but like what causes what things. I think that's the number one thing to know is like sativa, hybrid indica. Because even if brands start switching over to a different um, platform, it'll be easy enough to understand the relation. So I think that's that's number one. Yeah. Um, like I said, that goes back to that intentionality and like, even if you are using cannabis just to just to get high, like it's not, you know, to because you're having a exactly. panic attack or it's not because you have a pain or some medicinal purpose like that. You just want to be high. That's perfectly fine. But know what's going to just get you high so that you can enjoy that to the best of your ability. Like being intent. And that's why I said when you when you said that it was like a light bulb moment. I was like, huh? Yeah. I want to be as high as I can sometimes. So let me find what's going to get me as high as I can. So in those moments, I can be like a fucking kite. Like that just, it just makes sense to me. Um, So leading to another one of my questions. um, And I am a huge, uh, I'm guilty of this. Why does THC percentage not matter as much as people think it's think it does yeah yeah i think you know there's a lot of people who are confused by percentages they don't really know what they mean and over time we've started to associate good weed with high percentages Mm -hmm. so it's gotten to a point where there are some huge big name brands you will never see below a certain percentage and those brands fly off the shelves because everybody knows that about them and can anticipate that So, you know, it's become about that 
and it's great recreationally. You have a high tolerance. You need a little more. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with the high tolerance. Um, but the problem kind of becomes, it, or kind of comes into play when people are in, intentional and in anticipating a certain response because high percentage THC is going to get you mad zooted. A little bit is going to go a very, very long way. So if you have a super, super high percent and you don't have a tolerance for it or you're not really plugged into what you need from that medicine at that time, you could have just kind of not be on the same playing field and you're not having a good time in that kind of like gray area space. The whole point is to be plugged into your mental, to your physical, and and to just kind of let the medicine overtake you. And if you're not prepared for that, and sometimes it's diet. Like sometimes you're not, you haven't eaten yet or sometimes it's you don't have enough water like just really being aware of what you're about to partake in because it's such a blessing and i think that that kind of extends beyond religion or you know any type of affiliation but it can really be a great experience for anybody if they kind of take the time to learn and you know if you do have a bad experience don't just write off the whole plan understand that there are so many different methods so many different aspects to know and you know, as it grows and as, you know, time goes on, because the industry is still so new, but, and as like programs like this become available to the public, more and more people will be able to be informed. And that'll be such a beautiful thing, I think, for, for all of us. Yeah. Um, I think the, the, what you said about like, you get a high percentage, but you're maybe using this for anxiety and that high percentage is going to drive your anxiety really into overdrive. And so, it ultimately produces a bad experience and ultimately you've kind of wasted your money. So, um, in terms of that, I've never really, I, I didn't know that that could you know, go in that, yeah. that way. So that's a very good uh, point. Do you have like a routine when you, when you smoke? Like, what is that? How do you get yourself oh, to be yes. intentional when you're consuming cannabis or how do you decide what to consume um, in those moments? That's a really good question. I think, so I, a lot of things kind of go into play to lead up to it. Like I, I have a morning routine and my favorite time of day to smoke is in the morning. It is my favorite way to start off my day. Like that's like Saturday and Sunday morning to me. I like put a record on. You I know, know I've seen your record player back there. I love that. By the way, like, yes, that thank you. Awesome. It's the I, Thundercat record, the newest one. I love I that. Love and my grandma gave me a bunch of records when we moved her out of her. She moved in with my mom, moved her out of her house. She gave me a bunch of records, and I have nothing to play them on. Um, so I saw that, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna have to ask about that. I want that." It's yeah. it's so cute. It was a it was a moving away present. It was mad thoughtful. Yeah. But yeah, I like to, you know, drink my coffee or my yerba mate, and I I really use that time to connect with myself, and I block it off. So, you know, of course, emergencies do happen. Like just yesterday, I was off and I was planning it, and then emergency happened at my store, and I zoned up there and handled it back a couple hours later. So this morning, I was like, okay, I got to do it this morning, and. you know, just really connect with myself. I spend a lot of time really kind of addressing any needs or concerns or, you know, how I'm generally feeling. 
And then I choose out of my stash kind of what matches up with that. So something that's more like straightforward. One of my favorite strains I've ever tried. It's by Pure Beauty. Um, and I don't know a lot of places that have Pure Beauty in the Bay Area, but I know it's really popular in LA. Uh, and it's owned by a woman of color, which is great. Uh, they are, you know, really make an attempt to be environmentally responsible and reduce their waste. Um, so that's really cool too. But they have a strain that's a one-to-one. It's a uh, the it's GDP. That's the that's the THC component because uh, one-to-one is THC and CBD. So that's the THC component, and then the CBD component is Harlequin, which is kind of a like OG CBD strain. There's lots of new CBD strains that are crossed with it. It's kind of a, a general cultivar, uh, and it is so mellow. It is so chill. And if I plug into myself and I feel that anxiety that I associate with having that like racing hard and just having, you know, being tense, then I'll, I'll pick that and I'll be like, all right, this is how I'm feeling. And then one thing I really am like experimenting with right now is like herbs along with my flower because herbs enhance. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So this feels like a pretty good place to stop and have our highlight of the week of the episode and this week our highlight of the week is going to be more fire herbal teas and smoke blends um black woman owned company that was what brought me to it because when i was like hey i want to try smoke blends and i also love teas i was like you know what i need to find a black woman who does this because i know there are some so i need to go find those and buy from them and give them my money because you should be giving black women your money. It's just a thing you should do. So that's the thing I did. Um, so yeah, More Fire Herbal Blends is committed to showcasing the magic herbs have to offer. And when she says committed, she absolutely means committed because her customer service is amazing. I had an issue with FedEx. They tried to say they delivered my package. They did not deliver my package. And Kaya of Morphia Herbal Teas and Smoke Blend sent me another package um, with minimal back and forth. She was happy to help me figure out my order. And that was long before she knew anything about this podcast or me wanting to feature her on here. Because I didn't say anything. Because I wanted to get a real feel for this business. And let me tell you, she's amazing. So, uh, yeah. Um... Uh, completely threw myself off track because they're just uh, her her customer service completely amazed me um so morphia herbal blends enhance your smoke session um with all natural non-habit forming herbs that aid in healing um your body and improving your overall well-being mind body and soul um these helped me get stop using my vape pen which you know those aren't the greatest thing for you um so this in conjunction with cannabis helped me completely stop using my vape pen these powerful organic blends uh not only taste delicious but they'll help you cope with the stresses of your day-to-day life while lending nourishment to your body that you didn't even realize you needed um they're again are organic they are handmade in small batches and created with intention i think that is one of the greatest things that I love about them is that I really could feel the love as I was consuming these products. Um, I got the tea, the flower power tea and the focus blend, uh, smoke blend. 
and the cool mint smoke blend and I love them both they're absolutely amazing um, the smoke the cool mint really helps to clear my throat and um, kind of make it easier for me to consume my cannabis flowers because I do cough a lot um, so that really helps um, and then the tea just tastes amazing I mean it's herbal tea you can't go wrong um, the smoke ones are THC, CBD, and tobacco free. They can be smoked on their own or introduced to your favorite strain of Mary Jane or CBD for an elevated smoke sesh. I'm definitely looking forward to getting my hands on their dragonfly, their mango dragonfly tea, um, and their blue days tea. I mean, those just sound absolutely amazing and delicious. And I've been dying to try a blue tea. I mean, who doesn't want to try blue tea? Um, and their lavender and sage smoke blend and a euphoria smoke blend. I mean, so those are definitely next on my to get list. Uh, they also sell pipes, bongs, vintage teacups. They're so adorable and more. So run over to their website. That is morefaya.com. That's M-O-R-E-F-Y-A.com. You can also find them at Herbal on IG. Um, and enhance your daily ritual with more fire herbal blends. And back to our show. That I think I focus a lot on the taste of it. I just love the taste. Like right now, what do I have? By um, Barbary, I have airplane mode, and it's raspberry leaf, lavender, sage, rose, and blue lotus. And I was like, let me bring that shit up. That sounds divine. Yeah. And it's really tasty. So yeah, whatever. I love hearing kind of people's different experimentations i have a rose blunt actually right now i'm like thinking about maybe firing it up like for valentine's day or some shit like that that's cute that's cute Um, but yeah you know yeah so there are definitely benefits to trying the hurt the herbs i hate that word because i I really really feel like the h needs to be pronounced it's there (laughs) so i really that's an episode of shit's creek yeah (laughs) It really upsets me. Silent letters really, really upset me. Um, so, anyway. but yeah, but what other... Um, like, why is it there? Right, it's dumb. This is, like, it's... Why do you think English is so hard for people to learn? Like, because we do stupid shit, like, I before E except after C, and or have silent fucking letters. Like, do you know... I, my job is literally emailing all day, right? I send 130 emails at least a day. So do you know how many times I have to spell receive? Every single time I spell every it wrong. Time. Every time. I have no longer even try. Because all I do is just every time, even when I try, inconvenience, bullshit. Bullshit. Not even trying. <laughs> Stupid word. No. <laughs> Not even trying. Spell check is God's gift. Okay, because I would not be able to survive. The, how many ends are in inconvenience? <laughs> and why are there so many? And where the fuck do they go? I hate accommodate. I hate accommodate oh. so much. Or oh. beef it. Oh my God. It is ridiculous. <laughs> I hate the English language so sometimes. Is There's no need to be this fucking difficult. <laughs> Just spell shit how it fucking sounds. Like, what the fuck? This is ridiculous. Yes, well. Yes. These are these are the reasons why we smoke. Right, because of I before E except after C in receive. Dumbass shit. Oh my gosh, because I I'm pretty sure almost every email I send it has the word receive in it. 
So I'm literally having to spell check that word at least a hundred times a day and still can't get it right. It's ridiculous. Anyways. <laughs> so uh, what does a typical day in the life of, oh look, dispensary operator. That's probably as close as I got. That's pretty good though. I still like, I still like manager. I still like manager better, but operator, that was close. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm going to give myself a little bit more credit on that. I'm going to give us a half a point instead of no points. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is a typical day? I mean, honestly, there's no typical day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing about the cannabis industry is there is no typical day yet. You know, um, as much as there is so much big picture behind the scenes work to make business operations run it's still very personal i'm still touching you know every single person down the ladder all the way to you know the receptionist and the consumer you know regularly throughout and having meetings here and meetings there so there's a lot of components to running the cannabis industry and i think uh, our cannabis uh dispensary within the cannabis industry um and i think that that can't be you know overstated at this point it's just a reality cannabis workers are essential and this business is still trying to keep up with the pace of demand you know it's up there with toilet paper and paper towels like for uh, quite some time there was a serious shortage mm-hmm. you know, of cannabis uh, available to us in california and you know the fires are a whole different scenario there's a lot of farms that were lost in the recent fires so, you know, it's been a very volatile year all around. So just being able to really navigate through that. I mean, truly, people in the cannabis industry are some of the smartest, brightest people that I've ever met in my life. Hardworking, you know, down for whatever, down for the changes. We get a new law overnight. All right, we implement it next day. There's a lot of moving parts. And I think that it's, you know, something that has grown in public perception from being something only done on the streets by these people over here to now Nana is taking, you know, her, her microdose petrimins at the table before dinner and Thanksgiving. Like it's been made its way into a lot of people's homes who never ever thought that cannabis would make their way. So it's been, uh, it's been an incredible ride, but I mean, I have worn 20, I still wear 25 hats and really my job is to do 25 hats so well that I can give one to somebody else. And now I got 24, you know, get all the way down to one. And, you know, there's a lot of advocacy. There's a lot of knowledge that needs to be accumulated to properly run, you know, business, which I think is something that's newer to me and something that I think most people don't think about. Definitely. You know, the, bu- the business side of it, like when people think of cannabis, they think of, oh, I'm going to get high, and that's it. Um, mm-hmm. Or I mean, it's a medicinal thing, and that's it. But the business side of it is a beast, a beast. Absolutely. Absolutely a beast. Yeah. I know that um, the social justice and social advocacy side of it is really something that's kind of piqued my interest and I know that that's something that you also talk about um as well um my 
had a previous episode all about the MORE Act and social justice and social equity. Um, but I also want to get your opinion. Like, what do you feel that we can do? You know, the, the everyday listener of this show, what can we do to do our part um, for social, de- social justice? I think the number one thing that people can do is read up on the war on drugs, figure out what it means, really learn about it. Uh, watch documentaries if you need to, uh, put yourself in people's position and make you know, an actual conscious effort. I think we're at a time where there's a general paradigm shift where certain behaviors are no longer effective or being tolerated in this next you know, world that we're constructing you know, during the pandemic, which has affected the whole world and changed almost everything that we thought and that we thought the future would hold. So, you know, I think that it's, it's really, um, I just lost my train of thought. Straight up. Hmm? <laughs> I said, I just lost my train of thought straight up. Oh, don't worry. Cause I got distracted. Yeah. As soon as you said that something happened on that side of my room and then my roommate came oh, out of that's what that was. And then I was like, oh my God, for 2.5 seconds, I was like, oh my God, she's saying something, something's happening. There's so much happening. Whoa. That was like a collective moment of just, just highness. Okay. Yeah. I think the number one thing is probably just educate yourself on what the term war on drugs means. Uh, I think that in, especially in American society, that's the place that we really should, should start. From there, there's so much more underneath that um, that goes into the cannabis market south of us in South America and Central America. Um, But forward from that, I think it's important to kind of understand why we're at where, why we are where we are um, in terms of where the cannabis industry is now. So that's number one. And then from there, you know, if you are passionate about social justice and once you do your research and realize that there's a lot to be said about representation, there's a lot to be said about diversity and inclusion and equity in any industry, but especially in the cannabis industry where so many people have paid the price either with their lives or with jail sentences, some of which were life sentences. Um, for the sale or trafficking of cannabis. And yet there are these big corporations now that grow it freely and sell it and can make a living and make a killing on it. And so there is a need for that in the space. But I think that ultimately cannabis is a conscious industry. So the more conscious you can be, the better job you can do at, you know, if you're looking for a certain thing, seeing what BIPOC brands are out there whose ethos matches your ethos Um, that's a really good way that you can align yourself and kind of practice what you preach. Because I think that we're at the space now where we're really holding people accountable to practicing what they preach. And it's not enough to say, oh, I care about these causes or racism doesn't exist or, you know, I wish I was as dark as you. Like, that's no longer acceptable. It is now. What are you doing to show me that you actually invest in these causes and that you are not a trying to be a product of your ancestors and trying to be a product of further white and male supremacy in America. So once you do that, I think that's a really good way to be active um, because it raises the profile of these brands and it normalizes seeing BIPOC in an industry like cannabis. 
um, that's a huge part of the mission of this podcast is to normalize and destigmatize seeing um, specifically black women, but really the social justice aspect of it um, has really, you know, lit something in me. But seeing us consume cannabis and it not be a thing, like it not be, you know, something that is like a bad thing because there's never a positive spin on it. It's always something negative. And it frustrates me <laughs> to know that that's the connotation that we get. It frustrates me. It, actually, it infuriates me to know that our people, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, daughters, husbands, wives, whoever, our people are in jail while other people are literally making millions and millions yeah. of dollars off of this they're still sitting in jail like those type of things are the reason why i do this there's there right. the, the um one I, I granted i do love just being high like i'm high all the time <laughs> so it, it's great that i can also do that while being high but the point yeah. of all of this is to say hey like give us our due <laughs> recognize what we've given and give us what we deserve and realize that you can't just come in and take it because we're going to take it back. Yeah, exactly. I was in a class last week, um, my philosophy class, and it's on Descartes and it's about uh, the mysticism angle, which is very interesting to me because, you know, that there's a connection with social justice right now with regard to it. it's very interesting. And the class was started via Zoom with a land acknowledgement. Have you heard of that? Mm -mm. I hadn't either before that, but, um, and I've done research and I know they exist, but I think they're most, they mainly exist in like academia and teaching environments, but it was basically an acknowledgement that the land that we were conducting classes on was stolen land from native peoples who were victims of European colonization and that she as a white female has participated in this system of white supremacy so it was like yeah i'd never heard it before and of course i was happy to hear it but never would i ever think that you know in academia especially the most conservative institution you could think of this would be prevalent and it made me kind of it made me smile because yes people people should know these things and the truth of the matter and they shouldn't be able to skirt the issue for some weird ideal of everything is amazing, you know? Yeah. No, these things really happened. Mm -hmm. And there are ramifications, deep ones, that we have yet to really get all the way down to from that. Ones that have even yet to be realized. Yeah. Like, there's things that people did years and years and centuries ago that are still having impact now that will still have impact when we're long gone on our our people, our ancestors, our descendants. And it just it it's that is very that is um very interesting. I've never heard of that. Um that would have made me feel a lot better about going into um because I'm sure it must be an interesting time to be a philosophy 
or sociology or any of those kind of what are they called degrees not degrees missing the word again um programs um educational programs or whatever um it must be a very interesting time to be a a student in that field like just with everything that is going on in the world today so to start a philosophy philosophy class off that way would make me feel a little bit more comfortable about being in that class absolutely yeah that's awesome yeah it was really cool to see um so what is your so have, what's your opinion about changing now let me preface this with i was in a clubhouse room and this conversation was going on and it was actually the first time that i had heard the conversation but it <clears throat> it was very interesting to me what um is your opinion on the push to change the narrative from recreational use to adult use. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that I think that because there's so many changes in cannabis that by the time of like verbiage has changed, it takes a while for people to really like take that on and for it to become a part of the culture. So when you change recreational to adult use, I mean, from a legal perspective, I think that is great um, because it might help to de further declassify the villainous nature <laughs> with which we hold cannabis um, and allow us to do some more studies um, on, on the possibilities of the plant. But, uh, you know, I think that ultimately Recreation is recreation, and there's always going to be a market for it. Just like when things go legal, there's always going to be a market for, you know, um, for illegal weed. There's always going to be that market. And so um, in that regard, you know, I don't, I don't really, with recreational, like, I think that will always be a phrase that sticks, especially as we start opening up, like when it goes legal in cannabis restaurants and we're going to see like lounges everywhere and all of these things. Um, but I think from a, from a legal standpoint, adults use might be useful. When I was listening to the conversation, <clears throat> um, most of the people were coming from the point of, well, Cannabis is medicine, you know, regardless, regardless if you're doing it for a recreational purpose, it's still, there's still a purpose, a medicinal purpose behind it, um, which I can understand. Um, but I felt like, what, what, is there a point? Like, what's the difference? Like, why is it, why can't it just be cannabis? Like, yeah, I think having medicinal cannabis, I think that is a valid, you know, classification to have because there are things that are specifically only for medicinal purposes. But I think like trying to put it into this box of oh, only adult use or oh, it's for recreational. So you really just do it because you want like, why? What, what's the point? Like, if you let I feel like that's feeding into this 
stigmatization of cannabis. You have to find a way to classify it as it's not medicine, it's something different. So we have to find another way to classify it. When I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 you're fine. Um, Yeah, so I just... It made me really um, interested. I always like to try and hear different opinions. I love hearing... My favorite question is to to ask is why. Um, <laughs> and so I love hearing different opinions. To and my that mama's was, that dismay. Was, huh? To my mama's dismay. Right. Yes. Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the cartoons or whatever, and you see, and it's like that little kid, and it's like, Mom, why? And she's like, tells him why, and it just keeps why all day. Yeah. And the mom's probably like, shut up. <laughs> that was me. That was me. Um, but yeah, I, they none of them really brought up the legal aspect of it. So I think that's a very interesting um, position to look at it from. Um, you know, would not calling it recreational make it easier to do other things? Because again, recreational is a very demonizing description. Um, mm-hmm. And so would it make it easier Especially to Especially in a do... society that pushes working hard so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but you know, just another, another thing to think about. Um, so you have a brand, the conscious canisseur, which let me tell you, conscious is another word that I struggle with (laughs) spelling it. I was like, God damn it. (laughs) I smell this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, tell us about your brand. Well, it's my new baby, um, so it's really exciting for me. But essentially, I, you know, as I accumulated knowledge and as I met more and more people and as I kind of got more involved in the cannabis uh, industry and community at large in Los Angeles, I started to think of ways that I could really add value. Um, that's a big, big component for me is adding value in everything I do. Um, and so I started to market back to some of my most loved passions and talents, which is writing. And so I started there. Um, I started to write articles that helped people to have a better understanding of what they were getting into with cannabis to help them demystify. Cause to, like, I think we talked about, about it on the meme podcast, how people feel like, Oh, um, you know, I don't want people to think they put me on. Like they kind of mm-hmm. put this impression forward, like, "Oh, I know what I'm doing." Mm-hmm. You know, like relax, or they'll scrutinize stuff like price or trichomes, just because that you know people think that's what they should do. Um, so I wanted to kind of give people a comfortable space to really learn because it's really important that people know that it's okay to come in a dispensary and not know what you're doing. It's totally fine. You know, um, here's just some information for you to be able to empower yourself when you do go into a dispensary or if you're outside of maybe maybe you want to get into the business at large or you want to own your own dispensary or something, you know, like certain things that you should know in order to kind of get started. So I think that's really important as we kind of focus on diversity and adding more people like us into the space, making it adding value to that process. How can we all work together to help people along that process yeah um because I, I know when i first became a regular smoker <clears throat> excuse me when i first went and got my 
medical marijuana card. Um, I always smoked out of a pipe or I would smoke um, a blunt because that's what the people that I smoked with smoked. And so I'm like, it, it felt like I was like, this is what I always said. So I was like always trying to learn how to roll blunt. And then finally, one day I went to the club by myself and they're like, well, yeah, what do you like to smoke out of? Do you like these? Do you like joints? Do you like these? I was like, I don't know. Because I just yeah. I just smoke what's That's given to me or what's around me. And I really can't roll a blunt, but, you know, I keep trying. He's like, but why? Like... You don't sound like you're having fun doing it. Like, this is supposed to be an enjoyable moment. So, why are you stressing yourself? And I was, it was, again, the, and that, they were like, oh. yeah, that light bulb moment. Like, he's fucking right. <laughs> like, why am I doing this to myself? So, I do, um, I appreciate that. I appreciate that for the yeah. people who are like me. And they're just like, you don't realize, like, you can go outside the bounds of what you have been taught. You can go on a journey for yourself. You don't have to follow somebody else's path um, in anything in life, but definitely in cannabis. Yeah, that's the truth. That is awesome. So, what is um, where do you where do you want Jasmine and the conscious connoisseur to be in the next few years? few years I just hope that I continue to kind of help people in the same regard um, so reaching people so that they can have this value um, and continuing to make myself better every day that's the core of it continuing to strengthen myself so that I can be a tool um, a vessel for this great enterprise um, that you know I'm on with the conscious canister so in the next few years I'd love to have you know a full-blown platform that focuses on news and, and lifestyle and, and cannabis education at large and that helps people every day, um, helps businesses educate their, their employees about cannabis every day, you know. Right now the industry is kind of split, right? you got people who have been in it for decades and decades and decades and have paid the price and that have always been about this life. And then you've got people trying to get into the space. There's a clear divide. Um, but really kind of knowing where that comes from, um, I think that that's one thing I want to embody as the conscious canisaur. I want everyone in their own way to be conscious canisaurs and understand how personal that journey is for them. So um, as long as I can do that, like if I can do that for one person, then I've done my job. But that's what I want to keep doing for the rest of my life. That sounds pretty awesome to me. Sounds like a pretty good life. It is a mess. Look, I got these plants, and I'm telling you, I named my plant, right? Its name is Serenity. This bitch is not very serene, because I think there is gnats. <laughs> oh, there's gnats up in her soil? I it, I told my mom that I'm bringing it to her house tonight, because I know no man. Not in my room. Not at all. The other plant, his name Never. is Walter, and he don't have bugs. So, Walter's fine. But the new bitch brought friends. And I'm not happy about it. Dang, Serenity, why you gotta do her like that? She gave me so much peace when I got her, and I was like, this is why I want you. I was like, I just felt peace. 
when I seen it. And I was very excited. And I even tried, I tried spay, uh, spraying um, neem oil all over it. And I just seen another gnat. And I don't like that. Yeah, you can't have the gnats around you. No. N- no. No, no, no. So, yeah, I think she's going to have to go. Um, yeah. Get rehomed. Yes. I, t- I told my mom, I was like, I'm going to throw it away. She's like, no, bring it to my house. All right, you can have it. You figure it out. I'm not doing this. <laughs> no, ma'am. Um, but, yes, I think that's amazing. I think that um, you deserve all the things. Thank you. Yes. That means... That means so much. And it's, it's, you know, I want to, I just want to make sure that cannabis gets, you know, the attention and is perceived the way it deserves because that's the real world work and that's going to be generational. Um, so the more I can do to set my future generation up for that and, and, and help people in this current one as much as I possibly can, then all the better because, you know, the, opiate crisis, you know, before the pandemic, that was the pre-pandemic, you know, um, we've been living with that for a while and the repercussions of that. So I, I love being able to see people say, you know, no, I'm going to switch over and try this more natural remedy and, and give it a shot. I love seeing that. Yeah. I remember, um, I meant to say this earlier when you were talking about, um, when dispensaries were deemed essential, um, and I remember before that when everything was shutting down and there was this period of like, I don't know, was it like a week where we didn't know if dispensaries were going to be shut down or not. Yeah. And, yeah. and I don't even know if it was that long, but I remember the anxiety that I felt <laughs> in the, like, however, like maybe three days. I don't remember. Um, but the anxiety that I felt in that time, I was like, yo, why (laughs) like what and what am i gonna do and then so to to realize like i don't really use it medicinally um but so there's the people that who do like can you imagine what they were going through in that time like and all the the people who actually work there and can you imagine having to go back to trying to find it on like a street corner in the middle of covid that would be horrible. Oh my gosh. We had a line one day, the day that uh, Garcetti made the announcement that we were going to be um, going under lockdown. We had a line down the street around the corner. Like, I've never seen anything like it. People just panic buying weed, maxing out every single transaction as much as they could, like clearing out fridges. It was the craziest thing. I understand. Um, and, you know, that's a component, too, of, of you know, there's there's two sides to the, to the industry, of course, and that's a component, too, and it's just one of those things that, like, I look back on them, like, <laughs> you know? I'm so glad we're, we're moving forward regardless, and I'm, I'm glad we're making strides toward, you know, being able to build this new society that we've got now. Right. It shows you exactly how essential it really is, just the fact yeah. that, like, people were scrambling like that. Yeah, because I, I can imagine. And then there was the shortage. And I, cause I, went to, I went to the dispensary I normally go to, and they had, like, nothing. And I was like, what, what is happening right now? <laughs> what is happening? And they're like, I know. Like, we're just, we're not getting anything from the farms. And then, like you said, the, the fires 
Um, I was going to ask you if you were here for the fires, but you were from L.A., so if you weren't here, you were still yeah. in the middle of the fires. So mm-hmm. that was absolutely insane and crazy. And whew, those are those are those are rough times. Those are scary times. Yeah, yeah. I came up to San Francisco one time during the fires, and I was like, "It's Blade Runner outside." I almost had to evacuate like, my house. Like we yeah, had everything packed, so- and we were waiting for people to knock on our door because we're right next to. Um, I, I don't know how familiar you are, familiar you are with the East Side, but we're right next to Allen Park. Park. Um, which is that huge... Oh, I'm not that familiar. It's, it's a big like, park. It's this huge, like, uh, canyon trail, hiking trail area. Um, but it's, like, all dry. And, um... Yeah. yeah we're, they're like, you're you're right on the edge. You may have to evacuate. I'm like, I don't... I didn't... I don't live this life. Like, I don't... I don't know what to do right Perfect. now. Like, what do, you, what do I do? That's <laughs> you. Um, so it was... Oh. And, but you know what I was able to do? Light up a blunt and get through it. And if I would not have been able to, I cannot even imagine. Um. So, yeah, I, I want all those things for you because I think we need to normalize this. And, um, and that BIPOC people should be at the forefront of it. Period. That's about it. Like, I think if you get those two things, you're pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think that we have pretty much done a whole ass show. Yeah. Yeah. It is. This has been amazing. I think so. This is an absolutely amazing. Thank you for inviting me on. I appreciate. Yeah. It. You know, I'm looking at you, and I can absolutely understand why those pictures did not work. Because you look so yeah, high right now. Yeah, because I'm zooted. You I'm look so right high right now. Let's, let's, let's have a conversation about how high I look. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a picture. It's so funny, though, because I thought of something. I was like, at the very least, I could take these pictures and make them a side-by-side. Because there's a picture of my man's from back in the day. And this man looks like he doesn't have eyes. <laughs> I'm like... Who told y'all you could take this? Pic- I gotta show you the picture now. That is, yo, hilarious. it is too much. I'm like, who told you take? Let's take a fucking picture. Okay, here we go. I don't know if you'll be able to see it, but <laughs> eyes gone. <laughs> they really thought they did something. Eyes are gone. That is a mess. Yeah, I looked up and I was like, oh, her eyes are not even open. They are closed. Nope. That is a mess. Nope. Um, yep. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yes, this has been um, amazing. You are amazing. You are... Thank you. You are too. A bright ray of sunshine, just like your sweater there. Um, yeah, we definitely have to keep in touch. Actually, I got some some things I'm gonna ask you later. I got you. You said some things that made me think about some things. I'm like, hmm, we gonna have to talk later. Um, All right, let's talk. Um, so I always like to end the show with a random ass question. Oh, I know what I wanted to tell you. Um, that that brand you were talking about, Pure Beauty, they're on ease. If you're not able to find them in a 
Yeah, when you said when you yes. said pure beauty, I see them on ease all the time. Oh, and I've been so one good. I've been wondering, I'm like, do I wanna try this? Yeah. It's worth it. They if you can find I don't even know. I haven't seen it in a long time, but they do a strain called Forbidden Lemon Glue. It's an indica. It smells like a very citrusy sativa. Do yourself a favor and treat yourself like that's treat you. I was so mad when I first got it. Because my brother, because I had two different eights. I'm like, I'm going to savor these eights. These are my everything right now. <laughs> my brother was twisting one up in a blunt <laughs> with a flavored leaf. I'm like, bruh, I can't even taste it. <laughs> He's like, oh, I didn't know it was all like that. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> you just ruined it. <laughs> so then I cherished the other one. Cherished. You said forbidden hidden glue? Forbidden lemon glue. Lemon glue. Okay, I'm going to try that. Um, yeah. And I, it's not that high percentage, but don't let it fool you. It's a nice... Lemon. It's like a... It's a. It's an See, indica. It's, it's body heavy. It should be M-E-N. Lemon. M-E-N. Why is it O? Yeah, it should be. Yeah. See? I that hate to eat. That's why I had to stop because I'm trying to spell stuff. Let, nobody says lemon. And even when you do Lamont. say Lamon, it's L-I-M-O-N. It's still not the same. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. I hate the English language. We were just talking about this. I was saying, I was like, I feel like the English language lacks a lot of words for things, like to describe. So it's hard for people to, it's harder for people to express themselves if they know two languages in English, I find. Because there's just not enough words for shit. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to string them all together. Like, why is there not a word for emotion when you're emotionally imbalanced? Or, like, why you got to call it... Why are there so many words that we got to call it by? What? Like, crazy? That's what I'm like. I feel like... Like, just something... No, like, a specific word for that thing. Like, I think... One time I was reading, there was... There's this word in Japanese that is specifically to describe the feeling you have like when you're not hungry but you want to eat like there's a specific word dedicated to that phenomenon hmm. i guess there's not a word for that. out there and i, ha- yeah. I feel like i have Just that moment start a lot. This observation. i feel like i have that moment a lot and i never know how to describe it and it's like, because there's and i've never known why i can't describe it and it's because it's not there's not a word for that no, and I just like the it. emotionally imbalanced, like when you said that, I imagined like a man saying that to me and, and I don't yeah, know why. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like if a man was like, you're emotionally unbalanced, so are you calling me crazy? Is that, is that, is that what's yeah. happening right now? Because <laughs> we got a problem. <laughs> like I, And then that has a negative. Now you think, and, and yeah, there's just a lot right. there. So if we had a word for it, I wonder if it make it more positive or more neutral. Right, because you see, you said it, and I immediately, my brain immediately went to the negative. Mm-hmm. Which I apologize for. My bad oh, for no, scaring no. you like that. No, no, no. It's very interesting. Uh, um, crazy. Yeah. I feel like me and you could probably sit and talk about, like, philosophy and sociology for quite a while. Because I feel I like we ask a lot of the same questions, like, why is like, like I said, why is one of my favorite questions, like, why do people do that? 
Why do people's brains work that way? Why is like, that now mean? I gotta know everything about it. Right. I dated a narcissist one time, and I was like, gotta know everything about narcissism. Yeah. Just gotta do it. Yeah, like, I want all again. the knowledge. I want everything yes. I encounter, I want to, like, learn everything about. It's, it's a struggle. Um, anyways. <laughs> um, random ass question list. Okay, so, <laughs> we always end the show. This has been an amazing, amazing, amazing time. Um, we always end the show with a random ass question from the random ass question list. Um, so I have a list of questions that are numbered four through 20 and you can pick a number and I'll ask you that question. Okay. Let's do seven. Mm. If you you could be any animal besides a cat or a dog, what would you be? Does it have to be an animal that exists? Can it be a fantasy animal? Uh, so first of all, what the fuck you smoking? Because my brain didn't even go there. Like I feel like you're on a whole other planet right now, and I want some of that. Like missing? <laughs> like that's a great question. That's a great question. Absolutely not. No, the animal does not have I to be smell. real. The animal does not have Fantastic. to be real. Fantastic. Then definitely a dragon. Definitely, hands down, a hundred percent dragon. I love it. Why would you be a dragon? Dragons are so damn cool, man, and they're misunderstood. Everybody's scared of them, right? Like, but they're actually very, very intelligent creep beings. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're all intelligent. Like, if you just think about Game of Thrones, they're like very intuitive and smart and shit. They do what they want. But they're amazing. They're so loyal. And I just think dragons are the coolest. Like, I think I think that any depiction of a dragon, I've enjoyed and liked. And I'm also an earth dragon. I was born in 88. So that's the year of the dragon. And I just, I've always had, like, an affinity for dragons. I think they're so powerful and beautiful. And they embody everything that we have all in one being. Yeah, uh, two things. One, you know, I still, I, until you said dragon and I was like, oh, I guess that's not really an animal because it's not real. I've always thought of dragons as animals. Yeah, me too. But and, yeah, and it's never just been real. like an imaginary animal. It's well, just when it's an animal. It's a big ass <laughs> violent lizard. Um, two, so how do you know this about dragons? Like that they're loyal. You know, they're I read a lot of I'm shit just, about dragons. <laughs> I'm just curious what we're basing this information off of. But then you said Game I... of Thrones, so maybe that's No, like even before that, but yeah, <laughs> I mean I think that's like most people's I just think that's the most relatable example of a dragon right now. Okay. Um but yeah, I've just read a lot of depictions of dragons. I'm such a I'm so big on like history specifically um, and this is interesting because I've worked a lot against this, but really like English, French, European history is my, like, I always was fascinated by it as a kid. Watched a lot of period pieces and shit like that. Um, I have like a Victorian copy of uh, King Henry VIII by Shakespeare. Like I really like nerd out over shit like that. So like for me, I've always read about dragons and they all have similar characteristics to each other like every single account and so 
it's just always kind of been, you know, in the back of my mind. Like, unicorns are depicted a certain way, you know? Uh, same mm-hmm. thing I feel like with dragons. So, have you ever heard of the show called Merlin? Yes. I tried. You didn't like it? I tried. I, you know, I feel like I should give it another chance, for sure. I loved it. And don't get me wrong, it was uh, one of those ones that I loved, but I knew it wasn't that great. <laughs> but I could not stop watching it. Um, yeah, it's addictive, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so when you were saying that, I was like, I wonder if she's watched Merlin. And it was it was like one of the first things that I watched that had like the English accent, like a, a TV show. Like yeah. I never watched, like what's that other show? Yeah. Like Doctor Who or something, isn't doesn't that guy have an accent? Or that's a British show. And then there's another British show, Downton Abbey. Those, like, British ones that oh, are, like, yeah. really popular here in America. Like, I never watched any of those. And so I was like, let me watch a British show. And that's what I ended up watching. And I was like, this is awesome. Yeah, but I also recognize like, I it love, wasn't great. <laughs> yeah, I love that stuff. Like, I, I think with Merlin, for me, it's just because... I feel like I've, I've just heard the King Arthur story so many times that I expect to be compelled by it, you know? And you when I was watching Merlin, no, I wasn't. And so then I just got like inherent, like a little, little mini disappointment. And then I was like, it's okay. I know what happens. And I just <laughs> like, we don't need to watch this. We, we're good here. <laughs> like, but I, I definitely, since you like it, I definitely will give it another shot. There's a podcast that I love that I think you'd really like. It's called Myths and Legends. And it's all it's all myths and legends told in a hilarious, lighthearted, comedic way. I um, am reading that now. really good. Very good. Uh, very good stuff. Um, yes, because I do love myths and legends. Like, I find that fascinating. Like, the stories that come up like it's fascinating um but yeah that's very interesting a dragon i like it i don't know i don't know what year i think i was born in the year of the rat or something i i remember that every time i find out i was like this is why i don't remember because it's not good <laughs> because you it out. yeah <laughs> and I, I don't remember what it is but i remember having that thought every time i figure it out <laughs> That's, that's a I feel like there's a stage in our life where it was a big deal for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah. Um, so that's great. There we go. Random ass question. You would be a dragon. See that fucking hat. Um, it's disrespectful. It really is. Damn it. Um, so we're 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 all done. We're that's that's a show. That's a whole ass sister smoke session. And this has been absolutely amazing. Um, I appreciate you so much. You came and dropped knowledge on knowledge on knowledge. Like I said, the name of this episode is Educate Yourself because that is exactly what Jasmine did. She started doing something and said, okay, well, let me see what I can dig through here and find. And uh, got all the education. I cannot wait until you finish the, the Cannabis Sommelier class. Because I'm going to have to have oh you come gosh, back okay. and and yeah. tell us, you know, stuff that you learned and your experience. Because that sounds amazing. Um, I can't wait. Yeah, it's, it's, I wish you all the best in your classes and with the Conscious Canisseur. Um, Thank you very much. Yeah. And 
you want to give the people your contact info? How can they find you? For sure. Well, you can find me on Instagram at the conscious canosaur, um, two S's. That's the, the thing that the, the S's thing. Um, there's a lot of, see, the English language has a lot of letters in words that don't need to be they there. They don't need the to be there. It's so stupid. Like, and I feel like the most, the letter that is used the most, but is silent is K. And I don't. Yeah. Night. Knee. Hmm. Maybe that's it. So maybe it's not K. That's it for the words I can think of that we actually use. Yeah. Yeah. I only got two. I also have the vocabulary in the back of my mind of like a 19th century English lord. So sometimes I have to be like, chill, Lord Spencer. What? I told you I read a lot about dragons. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't expecting that. Maybe <laughs> that's, but I mean, it's, it's gotta be interesting like Nave, in there. That's word. Yeah. It's gotta be like a, like a library of things just going on in your head. Just shit going on in there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a good way to live, you know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's I'm sorry. You, you that's tell what me. happens when you watch all those shows you didn't watch. Huh? <laughs> I said, that's what happens when you watch all them shows you weren't watching the British shows. Right. See? happens it happens to the best of us man i keep saying i'm gonna watch uh doctor not doctor who uh downtown abbey but yeah it's good there's very frustrating components but it's good i really like um do you ever watch shows like just to be like just not sad shows but just like emotional shows that are heartwarming do you ever watch heartwarming stuff yeah, there's, ER or there's a show called, yeah, like stuff like that. There's a show called Called the Midwife, and it's mm-hmm. a BBC sitcom, and there's like nine seasons. Do you watch it? Mm-mm. It's on my list, but. It is heartwarming, heartbreaking sometimes, but just like such a feel-good show about midwives. It just helped the community, mm-hmm. you know, highly recommended for the English shows. Yeah, I, um. I started watching ER on Hulu and I've had to take quite a few breaks. I'm like, I think there's like, uh, I don't know how many seasons there are. There is a lot. Um, but I'm like closer to the end. I think I have like two or three seasons left. Um, but I've had to take quite a few breaks because it got to be too much. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. he died. <laughs> You know, I'm just gonna go watch something funny now. Fine. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta balance it out sometimes. Right, right. But um, I, at the same time, I keep going back, and at the same time, I'm like, okay, what do I watch once ER is done? Because now I'm almost yeah. at the end. So maybe Call the Midwife will be my next. I just want to cry a little bit. Uh, oh my so gosh, I just want to feel. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. Simpler time. Yeah, because it's been on my list, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that's what it was. So, we'll have that. We'll, yeah, we'll push it up on the list. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, did I did I interrupt you when you were giving your contact info? We got we started oh, talking maybe. about the double S's. Yeah, goddamn uh-huh. English language gets you every time. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, you can find me at uh, the Conscious Canosaur at both Instagram and Twitter. Um, same website too, theconsciouscanosaur.com. Although it's under construction, that'll be done in a couple of months. I'm very excited. I like to present, you know, a certain image for you guys, and I hope you guys really like it when it's up. Thank you so much. Yes, I love it. Everybody, go follow her. Go talk to her. Um, be a part. Uh, be a, a active respectfully active part of her community because she's awesome like if you haven't figured that out now by this conversation because you should have but just in case you didn't she is <laughs> so i think that sums up another episode of bluntly black girls so i just want to say thank you to my smoking sister and my name twin jasmine nicole Thank she you. is absolutely <laughs> amazing. I know that is just so great. Like I, I'm just still like mind blown by the commonalities here. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, it's good. So you guys can follow us at bluntly black girls on IG and bluntly blk girls on Twitter. Uh, comment, rate, subscribe, and talk to me. Uh, comment, rate, and subscribe, and talk to Jasmine. The Jasmine, the other Jasmine. Um, let us know what you think about the episode any comments or questions if you have an animal that you would like to be let us know because I think dragon was a pretty awesome answer but I'd like to know what you guys answers are too uh, smoke a blunt drink your water and fuck what anybody gotta say about being a blind black girl we're out <laughs>